Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Some people get abusive on beaches, like they'll actually throw things at us. It's very disheartening, but at the same time, you know you have to continue because the people who do that, they're such a small percentage of people and you can't let them rule your life. Hi everyone, I'm Shauna Kaur. Welcome to our Tipping Point podcast where we discuss all things climate. Humanity is now at a crossroads with two possible futures in front of us. One where we make the changes needed in the next decade and thrive, and a rather more alarming one where we don't. Neil Leslie and I cover environmental stories every day. We have been speaking to experts, activists and changemakers around the world about the realities of what climate change means for humanity. This week, we spoke to our very own young climate activist, Flossie Donnelly. We discussed the impact the climate crisis is having on young people across Ireland and why she was moved to start cleaning beaches. We're speaking today then with uh, Flossie Donnelly, who is, uh, I guess, a teenage environmental activist, to be best known as Flossie, and uh, a founder of uh, a charitable group, Flossie and the Beach Cleaners. It sounds a little like a pop band, but it's actually something far more interesting than that. But can, I suppose, to, to kick off, can you tell us, tell people how this all kind of started for you, how you got involved in, in, in kind of environmentalism uh, to begin with? Um, well, when I was eight years old, I was on holiday with my family in Thailand and it was an amazing trip. My mum's been obsessed with marine life since I can remember. So um, no matter where we are, she'd always be looking for different types of marine life, whether it's a fish or a crab. Anyway, we were in Thailand and she had her head in the water looking for all this amazing marine life. But all I could see was all this pollution and plastic floating on the seabed surrounding all this beautiful marine life. and it absolutely broke my heart i couldn't understand why all this beautiful marine life was being strangled and choked in plastic so and then when i got back to ireland i realized it was there was no difference in ireland it was just as bad we just didn't have the whale sharks they did um so i decided why not start a beach cleaning group because we have we're so rich in ireland for marine life so we might as well protect it and from there I started to get asked to do a lot of talks and things like that. Um, and it got to the point where people were constantly coming over to me and my mum on the beach and asking if they could give money to us. And we'd be like, oh, thank you so much, but we're not a charity. We can't accept any money. And then due to popular demand, we had to start up as a charity. Also, I was going into secondary school and my mum wanted to take a bit of pressure off me. So now my mum runs the charity side of things and I just still do on my beach cleaning. I mean, eight years of age is uh, it's incredibly young to 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 get active in something like that. <laughs> the rest of your friends were doing whatever else at the time. Was was that kind of uh, hard for you? Did did this kind of take over your 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 life that early, or was it just something that you enjoyed uh, doing? Also, honestly, I really do enjoy beach cleaning. It's the most zen thing you can do, um, and it's like a treasure hunt. You never know what you're gonna find. Um, but no, it has been a bit odd over the years. I've seen big separations with friends when some of us will be going towards 
having more fun as a teenage years and then some of us going to a beach to clean it. <laughs> and what's the strangest thing, Flossie, that you find? It's kind of hard because like we have so many different types of strange things. Like we could find 70-year-old tights packaging, like really old things on beaches, or we can find really weird and gross things like um, strip plastic strips of um, people's hair that they've waxed on the beach, which is quite horrific. <laughs> and then gunshot cartridges are something we find constantly on the West Coast. And then on the South Coast, we just find human pollution and men's pants. Wow, uh, some crazy things there. Like, we've just had the big um, clean coast weekend, and we saw that like sixty-three tons of waste was lifted from over five hundred beaches and coastlines all across Ireland. Um, can you give us a bit of an indication of how many? Uh, do you have any sort of figure on the amount of waste that your charity has lifted so far? And did you take part in the clean coast event? Um, well, clean coast and um, my charity were a bit separated. Um, but we're both doing it there's like similar things but we focus on educating children more and we have our own event which is quite similar except for it's only one hour and it's called the big weigh-in um, we weigh all our rubbish on every beach clean so we always know how much we collected yesterday we collected 35.5 kilos on a beach um, that was within an hour and then this year on the big weigh-in we collected just under a ton which we thought was really positive because we have every single county cleaning in Ireland and we collected under a time, which we think means people are bringing their rubbish home and not leaving it as much on the beach. Because the year before that, we had collected like two or three tons and it was absolutely heartbreaking. So, I mean, just in terms of your own kind of life, your own school life and education and everything else, is, is this kind of take up a, a, an awful lot of your time? Well, no, I have two different, I like to say I have two different lives. I have the one where I go to school and complain about having to do work. And then I come home and then... I might go on a beach clean or take do a talk or anything like that. Um, I like to keep it quite separated. So, I mean, how, how do you feel? You hear uh, often from people when these issues or problems are discussed that they feel a little overwhelmed or there's this sense that one person, what can one person kind of do? Uh, you know, would, how would you respond to that kind of comment? Well, people always do have different comments about different things. Like for beach cleaning, on the whole, it's mainly positive, like, oh, you're doing a great thing. But then you have some people who just think you're a bit odd for doing it. Um, like a lot of school students especially would think you're very weird for going on a beach and cleaning it. Some people get abusive on beaches, like they'll actually throw things at us um, when they're really drunk. Um, oh. Yeah, everyone has a different opinion. It's like when I'm climate striking, you never know who you're going to talk to and what their opinions are going to be. Yeah, that sounds horrendous. So people actually throw things at you. I know, obviously, a lot of young people like yourselves can get trolled a fair bit online for putting yourselves out there and doing something that you think is going to make a difference. How does that leave you feeling? Um, well, it's not just, it wouldn't just be me and my mum. It would be like actual volunteers, people who spent and um, taken time out to come beach clean with us who would have it quite often. And that's what upsets us more because these people who are doing it from the goods of their hearts, who are just coming out, it might be their first beach clean. We've had people with kids come down and they just get loads of abuse. It's very disheartening, but at the same time, you know you have to continue because the people who do that, there's such a small percentage of people and you can't let them rule your life. If you're ever on a beach clean, do you see people drop litter or what message would you have for the people that are leaving the litter behind that then you're having to go and tidy up? Um, we see people quite often leave stuff on the beach. During the summer, one family 
they brought a whole picnic down on the beach and then they just got up and left everything including the picnic mat and everything with it yeah things when people do things like that it's kind of hard you never know what you can do there because you can you want to go over and say don't do that but you never know what type of people they can be and as hard as it is you don't want to get hurt um so if you can you might and um, we might say we think you might have left something behind um but if they look like they might be drunk or high we normally just grab it after they leave yeah i mean it's uh, it's not something i think people would uh, have considered when you think about this that it can actually be you know there is an element of danger from some people who are out there but uh, you mentioned Flossie there, I think the the school striking movement also, that's something you became involved in then subsequent to you were doing the beach work already and then the, the school strike movement starts with, uh, with Greta Thunberg and that that's something you're you're involved in at your own school now, is it? Um, yeah, I've been climate striking weekly for 198 weeks now. When I, f um, I first heard Greta's speech, um, it was one of her first speeches she ever, she ever did, I heard it and was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Um, I can't believe she's been doing this and it's such I never actually thought about it by climate striking you can get the word out and let the government know you want change no matter what age you are since young people especially we don't have a, any way of voting so this is our way of telling the government we do want change we do care and we know what's going on so for the past three years I've been climate striking weekly either outside of government buildings or if I can't make it there outside of my school. And given that I mean, this issue particularly affects obviously future generations. Do you, do you think maybe a mechanism should be found to hear young people's voices when the, the decisions are being made around us? As you say, you don't get to, to vote. Honestly, I really do, because we're the ones who are going to have to live with this. And yet we're not really being given a choice. Like we constantly get, we people, different politicians will say things like, oh, we're going to give young people a voice when they want to get voted in. But then once it comes about, with all the best will in their heart they just don't and yeah honestly if there was a way to get the kids to be able to not exactly vote because there is an age where you don't quite understand completely but just give us the power to speak give us the power to speak about what we believe is right i, th I think it's sad in a way isn't it that you expect you elect people you have a government you have grown-ups that are supposed to be out there looking out for your best interests and the best interests of the planet i mean but here we are and you guys have had to take to the streets really to get your voices heard but i mean the un climate conference is on in new york this week and antonio Guterres is always very great on twitter and everything else and getting his point across what, what are the things that you would like to see our government do here Honestly, I just want them to stop with all the greenwashing because people, they might do a small thing, but then that's just greenwashing. Everyone will think they're great all of a sudden and forget that they haven't done anything. Like if they can make um, it so you can work from home, from home a bit more than going into work, because going into work may use a car uh, and that's just wrong. Me and my mum, we've been trying to make um, environmentalism a core subject in junior schools um, for a while now because we what we found from each cleaning is ch young children they soak things up like a sponge so like if we could teach environmentalism to them at a young age then they'd be able to carry that through school and they just think about it as a way of life because we do workshops with the charity going into junior schools all the time no matter like in every county all over ireland we talk to them and the kids always kind of everything to be honest because everything links in its own way everything has its own big problem like in Ireland, whenever I'm cleaning beaches, all I can think about is 
We are so rich in marine life, only 2.3% of all of Ireland's marine life is protected though. When I'm climate striking, um, I know that people walking by will think we're a bit nuts for doing this because for some reason, climate striking is not seen as a fashionable thing. Um, <laughs> can't, can't see why at all. <laughs> yeah, like certain, I know certain people will tell, actually come to me and tell me that when they think of the word activist, or environmentalist, they think of rioting and not positive, just angry and getting arrested. And I'm like, no, this is about trying to make the world positive and trying to solve this big crisis that we're in. So honestly, so much keeps me awake, but it's something that you just have to be actively doing something about so you don't get too stressed. Too stressed. You mentioned a bit of the greenwashing thing. This, I mean, that is a an area where yeah, you could probably be forgiven for getting angry. Then, I mean, some of the when you think of the big companies on the plastics issue that you you, you work with on the beach, that uh, you know, this sort of recycling kind of myth maybe that they push some people that you can just you solve it all yourselves by putting it in the green in the green bin kind of thing. But it's a bigger problem than that, I think. Is it? The, would you see it that way that the you know those big companies are the people who need to step up yeah big companies they need to step up because like every company now has on most websites um their environmental section which you click on to where they tell you these things they've done for the environment but how much of it is really good like a certain chocolate bar company i'm not going to name um they have about 50 different chocolate bars and they came out with this let's call it a peanut chocolate bar. The pe this peanut chocolate bar is um, going to be completely recyclable, it's going to be really environmentally friendly, fair trade, everything like that. And the second that came out, everyone went mental on Twitter, was like, oh my God, that's amazing. But no one remembered that they have about 50 other chocolate bars. They're just making one recyclable and fair trade and environmental, that's it. Mm. So yeah, I mean, I think some of the statistics on the on the plastic side of it are are pretty staggering in terms of the uh, you know the amount of plastic ever made and sixty percent of it or something has ended in the the seas or the environment. But so it's it's a huge problem you've taken on. But I think from what I've seen of some of your talks, you feel it's a war that that can be won, a war on waste, a war on plastic that that, that you can win. Absolutely, I find positivity is the best way to go because if you're negative all the time. You're just going to end up really tired and people won't listen to you as much they'll just see you as this they won't take you seriously they'll take see you just this like angry teenager and i just don't see the point of that and since um like beach cleaning i love to focus so much on children like you're not going to win a child over by being really angry you have to be fun and funny and make jokes and then when it comes to climate change, I know we can solve climate change because in a matter of when COVID hit us, it literally took a matter of days and we changed our livelihoods completely. So I know we can do the exact same for climate change. We just need to treat it like a pandemic. Mm, I wouldn't agree. I wouldn't disagree with you at all, Flossie, to be honest. Um, I was kind of curious, um, just sort of circling back to what you were saying about the education in schools. Um, what do you what would you like? to be taught there you know you were saying that smaller kids are like sponges and they they soak all of this up but if there was say an, a section in the curriculum about the environment specifically what would you like it to include 
how to recycle probably um how well teach about climate change which most schools do but how to you can actually solve it i remember being taught about climate change when i was in third class and we didn't hear about any positive things we just were told the world's dying full stop so to be told act and things you can do to try stop it and you're shown actual things that you can actively do in class like make bee hotels and plant bee bombs and make um, old t-shirts into bags just really simple things that will stay with a child forever and just yeah things like that yeah uh, you you mentioned earlier about Gre greta thunberg and being uh, the impact that had on you seeing her speaking and she's obviously a role model to, to lots of uh, school children now i mean in a sense you, do you feel like you're becoming a bit of that yourself in terms of your own activism to other people or is is that something you feel like you are a role model or are you just doing your own thing is it just like every person needs to do their bit do you think um well yeah we can't stop anything we can't clean all the beaches we can't stop climate change unless we all work together so um i don't think of myself as a role model i just um trying to live the best sustainable life i can and show people that it's not as hard and you don't have to wear hemp and plait our hair <laughs> we're not not all hippies here is that what it is <laughs> you don't have to be if you want to be a climate activist yeah. i did i did want to ask you you did a a trip to indonesia then on a, on a special project uh a year or so ago was it philosophy can you tell us a little bit about what that was um yeah three years ago we went to indonesia and my mum and dad is like a charity trip because um since the beginning of beach cleaning all i've ever seen on twitter and just social media in general is indonesia because it has the biggest um, plastic river there called the chitterum river and it always broke my heart children can't play in the river anymore everything um the entire river was filled with dead animals poison and plastic and it was absolutely shocking so me and my mum were like let's go visit it and because we actually wanted to visit the conservation trust out there, see if we can help them in any way, bring the information back to Ireland so they know what's really going on and see if by any chance social media might be over-exaggerating it like they do quite often. So when we went there, we met so many really kind, amazing people um, and so many incredible conservation trusts, which we will be seeing again in a month today um, with 40 wise we'll be bringing out there to work with them. Um, but yeah, it's actually heartbreaking before a few years ago well a good few years ago um people were able to swim in the river drink in the river anything they want but now by drinking the water from the river they can get cancer and just get really sick and it's really bad we went to one river and it was completely green like saint patrick's day green and we were thinking that's a bit odd and then we were told by some of the locals that we just came on a day where it's green some other days it could be purple, pink or blue because there are hundreds of different big fashion brands that were pumping poisons into the river just there. And it was hard. The water was actually bubbling as well, which was very distressing. And what was really bizarre is we were also we were brought out on the river with um, these fishermen who can't fish for fish anymore because they're too toxic and they're all dead. Instead, they have to fish for plastic to get money. And we were brought out by one of them and the river was actually the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It was so beautiful. But then if you actually focus and look down, you just notice it's filled with plastic. But I know and the locals know that they can fix this. They just need to 
really work a bit harder and they need to get a better refuse system. What do you think? Oh, what? I'm sure some of those fashion brands potentially would sell clothes. I'm not going to ask you to name them, but what do you think about the fact that they operate in this country and they operate in the UK and Ireland, across Europe, across the world, and they're selling clothes to, you know, maybe your friends that that they're around the other side of the world getting away with doing this? Honestly, if I can give any advice to anyone, I always say, please stop buying fast fashion because it's really the way they make it is wrong. They're poisoning so much, so many different places by making clothes. And also their clothes are cheap and not very nice at the end of the day. If you want to get their clothes, that's fine. But maybe try and look for them in a secondhand shop because that way they've been thrown out and then you can get them, I suppose. But still, they, we do, I, I just don't want anyone to support these companies. They're doing so much damage to the world and it's just really wrong. And what did the people there think about it? Like maybe they have jobs in the factories, do they? Or they're helping to make the clothes, but then on the flip side, their fishermen are going with their jobs and then maybe um, does, does it impact their food or their own climate? Well, it was actually a bit odd when we were there. We were kind of asking a few of the lo locals about it, but whenever they were about to tell us anything, we'd hear small snippets about like, we had a few things about people being thrown out and a big fight going on. But before any, we actually heard anything proper, I seem to remember the army always um, swapped in to try to stop everything because we had a film crew with us and they didn't want anything to get out. So we don't know exactly what was going on in there and what was affecting the locals, but they didn't exactly seem very happy about it. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a sobering kind of thought that people, fishermen are fishing for plastic, as you said, yeah, not fishing for fish anymore for money. Uh, I, guess, I mean, I'm just wondering, you're, you're, you're what, uh, 15 now, is it Flossie? So almost half of your uh, life you've been doing this. Uh, shortly enough, you'll have done it more than you, you hadn't done before. So do you ever, do your generation feel like you're missed out and just things that you just want to, you know, should be doing otherwise instead of worrying about these things? Or as you say, it's just a passion with you, so it's your life and you, you, you think about it that way. Say that again, sorry. Sorry, do you feel like you're, you know, you've spent so many years doing this, I'm just wondering about your generation feeling like, have, have you missed out on on, on 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 some things, just being a kid sometimes, uh, to, to concentrate on these problems that the, the, that the world has around you? Um, honestly, I don't think I've missed out on anything. Um, I'm good at multitasking. Mm -hmm. um, I have missed out on a few things, like certain Halloween days at school or something like that, because I'd be out doing a talk or beach cleaning um but i wouldn't trade it for the world i've missed very few things i've been able to go to most things that most of my peers have been able to go to but even if i couldn't have been able to knowing that i'm doing something good for the planet is much better amazing really yeah. really good i'm sure i was wondering on your beach cleans um i'm sure you come across your first year of wildlife have you any really good stories about maybe helping any sort of creatures out or coming across an animal that you've helped or anything like that? Um, I once got a fish out of a plastic bottle when I was swimming. Um, but other than that, not really. All the, uh, this is a bit dark, all the animals we find are never alive, sadly. Mm, I'm sure that's distressing. It's absolutely heartbreaking. It's very hard to do a beach clean when you find a dead animal. 
Well, I killed the mood there, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I mean, just uh, maybe to wrap, wrap up, but uh, possibly an, on a more hopeful note then, I mean, there is uh, a lot of work going on around this. And uh, I think in March, was it uh, uh, this year, there was 175 countries signed the uh, pledge to, to try and, uh, you know, end plastic pollution, which was described as a, a bit of a turning point. But uh, did those kind of things give you cause for hope? I, I'm sure you follow all, all that kind of, all those developments. Yeah, any step we can go fills me with hope because, as I said, I know we can end this war against plastic and against the climate change but we just need to work together so whenever i know that any countries are actually working together and they've had a discussion and they're agreeing it's just a really positive thing that can just fill your joy mm. great uh well i mean it's as you said it's parts of the the, your experience and the story are a bit dark, but the the the, the hopeful thing is that there are uh, people like yourself, I think, uh, out there doing what you're doing. So so well done, uh, and and keep it up, yeah. And listen, thank you uh, for your time. I, that's I think uh, all from from my side, Sean. Did you have anything else you wanted to ask, Flossie? Well, I do have one thing, and I was thinking, you know, we always do stories about hope for the future. We did a great campaign called Reach for Zero. Mm -hmm. If you had a tip. That people could do one thing like say just do one thing a day what's the one thing that you would love everybody to have a think about maybe fit it into their day something simple it doesn't have to be difficult could be you know maybe don't buy that packet of crisps that you're gonna have to put the thing in the bin but if you could ask people to do one thing what would it be it's an unpopular one especially in ireland but i would ask people if they could to try and give up red meat and if they can't which is understandable to try and really minimize their how much they eat of red meat like to once a month or something because it's really damaging that's fair enough neil mightn't agree would you would I you no uh, no i think uh, i, I can i know uh, i know what the the damage that it does uh, is all right yeah um i think in ireland it is one of the really sensitive issues all right that you have to kind of be delicate with to bring people along it's such a it's such a hot button issue isn't it uh, agriculture and farms and food you'll see the whole uh the whole extravaganza that is the, the playing championships going on at the minute and all those debates we had there but it's it's become a, a yeah you can you can get very it can get very politicized which i think is is probably not the way you want to try and bring the the conversation on these things uh, once you get into political kind of conversations with people they just go back into their their kind of silos on it you know but mm. uh, i think as to flossy's point yeah just do a little bit if you can't uh, you know do go the full way with it is uh, every every bit helps and as we we always hear people saying when we're doing these things every degree uh, helps and every tenth of a degree helps in the climate change thing so yeah anything people can do uh, is, is is great brilliant um uh, flossie it's been an absolute pleasure really really nice to meet you thank you for coming along thank you so much for having me yeah, not at all. As I say, we're 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 just putting this together now, so uh, I'll I'll kind of keep you updated and and your mum there about uh, the progress towards actually getting it to, to air. Hopefully, over the next uh, few weeks or month or so. So uh, we're doing a, a series of interviews at the moment. So hopefully, we'll we'll then turn them around quick enough. So again, yeah, thanks a million for for and, and best of luck with everything you do and uh, well done. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed what you heard, be sure to subscribe to Tipping Point wherever you get your podcasts.